Happy May 6th. Not Cinco de Mayo, but... Seiso de Mayo? Seiso de Mayo. I know better. I just don't care. But as such, we're going to go ahead and drink margaritas. Margaritas. Because we had some margaritas left over from Cinco de Mayo, so it's the day after the... I mean, we didn't have a... I actually, I didn't even drink any margarita. Me neither. So there you go. We had margaritas available, Available. but we did not have margaritas. And not like, you know, really good margaritas made from fresh lime or anything schmancy like that. Just good old sour mix and tequila. The jug of mix, nothing fancy about it. Just your run-of-the-mill margarita. I don't know if you can tell, but... We might sound a little bit glum, and also we haven't figured it out at this point yet, but we're not going to use the same intro music, at least for this episode. I'm going to drink this run-of-the-mill margarita real quick. So that margarita tastes adequate. Tasted Applebeezy. Applebeezy. I'll just dive into the deep end. My grandfather passed away. About a week ago now, um, a week and two days now. Yeah, it was last Wednesday, yeah. April twenty sixth, I think. April twenty seventh. Yeah, April twenty seventh. I mean, I, you say it's unexpected. He wasn't ill or anything, really, but you know, he's eighty nine years old, so he had his eighty nine year old ailments. Exactly, he had the being eighty nine years old, so he wasn't ill, but he was eighty nine years old, so it's like. Yeah, it's going to happen, you know, sooner rather than later, but um, it was at least semi-unexpected. I'm probably going to lose it during this episode, but, you know, I'll carry on. So, the way it it all kind of started out last, or the 26th, I guess, my grandparents both had a doctor's appointment. I brought them to their appointment. Pretty much since having COVID, I've kind of gone to their doctor's appointments and helped them out around the house and stuff. I took them to their doctor's appointment. Just a regularly scheduled appointment. Yeah, it, yeah, it was just like that. I, you know, as a not that aged person, I get an annual doctor's appointment. You know, go once a year. Hopefully get a clean bill of health at the end of that. But my grandparents, they do it quarterly. So every three months they go see the doctor and he refills their medications and all those kind of things. And he had done blood work and all this stuff and the blood work didn't have some sort of big... Alarming. An- yeah, didn't have any big anomaly. Um, there was nothing big there. And uh, everything seemed pretty normal. And, you know, talked to the doctor, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was just kind of run of the mill. I took notes and, you know, what their blood pressure was and all that stuff. I mean, literally, I think the only thing that came out of it was that my grandmother needed to maybe take two a day on her blood pressure pills because the last two doctor's visits, her blood pressure had been high. Mm. So the only thing at all that had happened was my grandmother needed to change dosage on her blood pressure pill. Other than that, everything was going to stay the same. Um, I went after the appointment. It just so happened that uh, this little homeschool group that Desmond's a part of, they go to park days on Tuesday, but it's that one kind of rotates through different parks. It just so happened that it was the park practically at the end of my grandparents' street. I didn't really mention it to my grandparents. I went there to the park after the appointment, and um, 
you know, say, yeah, Des is here. And they're like, oh, you know, that that's good. You know, so they were, you know, like I said, my grandfather, there was nothing abnormal about his behavior or his demeanor or anything like that. So I was like, I'm going to go, you know, say hi to Digna and whatnot. Digna had, had another appointment she was going to go to as well afterward. So when we got we got to the park, Desmond ended up getting in the car with us, and you know Papa kind of joked, and you know I think I rolled down the window and I was like woo woo or something like that, and Digna <laughs> kind of you know danced a little bit, and Papa was like yeah or like whatever he said, you know just being Papa, you know totally um, normal, nothing out of the ordinary, and uh, so that would have been close to lunchtime, so we stayed there and we ate some lunch and all that kind of stuff. You know, so this would have been like two o'clock or so by the time lunch was over and all those kind of things. And, you know, once again, no different than than any other of the hundreds of times we've done this kind of stuff before. Desmond had a very loose tooth. I remember Papa even asking me, like, like, does he have a loose tooth? And I was like, I was like, yeah, it's pretty loose and it needs to come out soon. But crazy snaggle tooth. Yeah, kind of, yeah, like he could tell just by looking at it that it, it was coming out soon. And it just so happened that it was coming out apparently at their house <laughs> that day. So Desmond was, he was eating chips or something and just kind of bit and it kind of shifted that tooth. And he's like, oh, I feel it. And he's like, dad, it, you know, I felt it move my tooth. And I looked and I could see the little bit of blood on the tooth, you know. And I gave him a paper towel. I was like, oh, yeah, but it's like, it's ready. Like, go to the bathroom and pull that out. So he went over there and he got it out, you know, to his credit, especially because we just had that episode about pulling teeth, you know. It's like pulling teeth. But I think, I think even it was so loose that even he couldn't not yeah, pull he it at that point. It. Like, he had like, tried pulling it the day before and it was not quite, I mean, it would have been forced out, but, like, you know, we didn't want to force it out. So we just let it be, but. So he ends up pulling out his own tooth right there. And it just so happened, like, as uh, Papa tended to do, was coming out of the other bathroom. Um, <laughs> he came out of the bathroom and he saw Des, you know, saw the little holding the paper towel. I showed him the tooth and, you know, all the good stuff. So that's that. And that was the that was kind of the the summation of that that particular visit was, look, and he's like, all right, Des, you know, you're a big boy. And, you know, all that kind of. You know, encouraging things like, um, you know, things a great grandfather would say to his great grandson, and real supportive and sweet, and just a normal day. <laughs> so it was probably about I don't know four o'clock or so when we left, and um, you know we waved by like normal, and that was the last time I saw him alive. And he just passed in his sleep that night. We got kind of a whole succession of phone calls and Alexa calls and and whatnot from his grandma um, about 11, 11.30 the next morning. And unfortunately, she had woken to find him still in bed. And that's, you know, that's where he had been through the night. So... As far as we know, he he went peacefully and and without pain and um, but yeah, it was extremely unexpected and a complete shock. I mean, as again, he's he was eighty nine, but as as much of a shock as as that can be, 
is what it was to everyone. Um, it kind of hit me pretty hard just because, um, you know, as a teenager and things like that, you know, I had the the stepdad issues and you know home life issues that kind of stuff and my grand my grandparents were always kind of in my corner and always looking out for me always looking for the best so after i moved out of my mom's house uh, i moved in with my grandparents and uh, while i was living in their house you know i finished high school and then i went on and went to college and then i joined the army after that so, you know, and during that time, they, you know, they gave me a car. Uh, well, they gave, they gave me a, <laughs> they gave me a truck, and I I totaled that one. That's a that was a a fun day. But um, and with the res- insurance money, then then I got a car. I paid them back for the car. I will I will say that I did pay them back for the car. But they would do stuff for me and always kind of have my back. And if things you know, if I needed help with this or whatever the deal was, they were kind of always there for me. Uh, my grandfather probably might have been hell. Might have been the day la- that went that Tuesday before he passed. You know, I just I, I would go to their house and you know, anytime. I mean, Digna will tell you anytime. I was like, oh, I got to go over there and water the plants. Like we knew that that was going to be probably a two-hour trip at least. Oh. Yeah, at least, <laughs> at least. So it was. It was the day was not gone, <laughs> but basically that was the day. That there. was the that. That's what I was doing that day was going to their house and talking. It was usually but a to do list, and I, I would do the honeydews and all this kind of stuff, and just whatever, because you know they're eighty nine years old. He can't you know do a lot of stuff. And he had shoulder problems, so he couldn't like do above his head. And I did it, and I loved him, and I would I'd do it again, you know, but um. But yeah, it was just one of those things. We talked and and everything was normal. I mean, we joked today, you know, that, that Tuesday. We, you know, made jokes and just... We always had a very good relationship. And there's no such thing as a perfect relationship, you know. Everyone has their spats in this. But we had a, a very good, very close relationship. Um, they had fried catfish plans. And what was so the other... Plans meal that you, you guys oh, yeah. were talking about yeah so we talked about it it was probably that day because i saw him the day before so he could do his blood work he did blood work on monday so i saw him on monday and then i saw him on tuesday because they had their appointments so it was either monday or tuesday we talked about i mean he's been he's been kind of had a little uh hankering for fried catfish that's kind of his one of his like go-to favorite meals and uh you know, he's like, we need like a catfish house around here. That's what we need. No. Stop building all these, this restaurant and that restaurant. He's like, we catfish, need a catfish house. Like a, place a catfish. About well, 40 yeah, minutes well, from well, here. Well, a catfish is. place is a place. I was just saying a catfish mm. house. Yeah. So there's a place in Kissimmee or St. Cloud called the Catfish Place. And it's kind of a, it's been around forever. And it's, that's, they specialize in catfish. And he's like, we need a catfish house. Something like that. And, and you know in in Melbourne, I was like, you know, mate, you know that'd be really cool, all that stuff. And then I was like, you know, when I uh, the day he died on a Wednesday, and you know I saw him on on Tuesday, but I was supposed to fly out to St. Louis to see our our friends Tyler and Vanessa. It was their baby's first birthday, so we were gonna go. Desmond and I were gonna go there, 
and see them very early. We're going to fly like five o'clock in the morning or five 30 in the morning or whatever on that Thursday. And, um, it, you know, he passed. So obviously that put a kibosh on that, but yeah. So I was like, as soon yeah, when I get back from St. Louis, I'll get us some catfish you know, we'll have a good time, you know, not because it was the birthday or there was nothing. It was just, just because, you know. Well, we had done the birthday a week before. He yeah, it was. One and we had gotten him a big old, big old milkshake. Yeah, 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 on his 89th birthday on the 19th of April and then on the 27th of April he passed. But like I said, it was, it's, you expect it because of their age. But you don't expect it because he wasn't infirmed. And, um, you know, Digna and I kind of talked about this on Reflection. You know, talk about like, oh, he died in his sleep. Lucky, that's the way I'd love to go. And I obviously, no one wants to be in pain when they're dying. So I, I get it. Like, you don't want to have like gangrene and third degree burns on your body or some like horrible, painful way, obviously. But I, I think that based on this particular experience you know when you see somebody who is pretty healthy you know and then they're just gone i mean for them yeah they didn't feel pain but the people that are behind you know they're like what i didn't get to do this and we were gonna have catfish you know and uh, I even talked about have you ever had a philly cheese steak because there's a place that opened up the street from us and they, they sent a coupon. It was like a two-for-one coupon on a cheesesteak. I was like, you know, he might like a cheesesteak. Yeah, I think he'd be down with that. I was like, have you ever had a Philly cheesesteak? He's like, no, I've seen them on TV. He's like, you know what? We'll, we'll have those soon, too. You know, so. There were things to look forward to. Even yeah. even the 89. and Even if the they're small part. things, too. You know, like, yeah. I wasn't like, hey, you ready to, I don't know, go bungee jumping? Like, uh-huh. I, I realized, like, the experiences of youth aren't necessarily the same for an 89 year old man so i was just like like yeah, hey find joy in, in smaller yeah. things and you know and and part of the joy is you know the company so it was it was very rough um it's still rough very fresh you know um you know trying to recover and you know they they lived in that house since 1964 mm-hmm so that house is just synonymous with both of my grandparents. But obviously my grandfather, since he's passed, you know, you see kind of shadows of him everywhere in the house. And uh, I would say even more so, you know, now than ever, just because his grandma is not that she isn't as influential in the house, but. She has a harder time seeing. She has a harder time hearing. So, you know, she doesn't necessarily leave her physical imprint in places. So he he was a big labeler. So everything has his handwriting all over it. And he just had all of his very quirky ways of attaching this thing to that thing to make it work for him. So, you know, you find yourself using this contraption that he had put together and, and then really looking at it and going, well, do I need to do it that way anymore? I mean, you know, he may have done it because of a shoulder issue or just because he thought it was more efficient that way or whatever, whatever reason he had, it was just, now you kind of sit there and you go, you go to do the thing the way Papa did it. And you're like, Oh, I'm, 
I mean, do we have to do it that way or, you know, or, or, or should I just keep doing it that way? Because that is the way that Papa did it. And you don't want to change anything. So we kind of find ourselves in a weird place because it's not just a matter of, you know, helping grandma along and helping her recover and then, you know, and then moving on with our lives. We find ourselves now at a place where we, you know, are likely moving in with her and kind of helping her near the end of her life and, and making sure that she's okay because she, she can't be in that home alone. So, well, and also she can't see very well and she's hard of hearing and, you know, there, there are other things, you know, with her where, you know, she has limitations, but then there's also the fact that, as I mentioned previously, they've been in that house since 1964. So if you can't see very well, but you know where everything is because that's just that, that that house has been so much a part of you for so long. Like the last thing I want to do is like start going in there and be like, you know what? I don't like the way the kitchen looks. I'm remodeling that, and this carpet's gotta go, and this and that. And, oh, you know. I know she keeps telling me, you know, I I might ask her where something is, or I, I might ask her, you know, okay, well, why do you do it this way, or or, or whatever, or she explains how they literally filled you know the napkin holder and you know i let her explain it and it's fine and if that's how they want their napkins it's fine but she then wants to punctuate it by saying but you can do it however you want to you can move whatever you want or you can change whatever you want how for the life of me am i going to change something that she's literally been doing for the majority of half a century you know i I can't change those things and that's kind of how selfish, self, selfless, sorry, the exact opposite of what I just said. Mm-hmm. Selfless she is. She's like, you know what? I know I've been doing it this way. I know I'm comfortable with this way. But I want you guys to be comfortable because I realize this is hard for you guys. And, uh, you know, even in her case, her, their anniversary is coming up. It'll be July 2nd. It'll be their 70th anniversary. So it's like, you know, she lost... A very large part of herself. I mean, the way that I'm, obviously, you can tell for, you know, by the recording, I'm devastated. But well, she's devastated, and she's still trying to think of others. And I just, it's very amazing, you know, just speaking volumes about my grandmother. You know, it's just like here she is, physically not able to do a lot of stuff, not able to whatever. And she's just kind of rolling with the punches as best she can. She really is. I mean, it's hard for everyone all around. Just, you know, you find yourself repeating yourself. You know, you might find yourself like having to stop and listen a little bit longer. and Or or, even, or screaming, or, not, or, not, not in anger, but or, or, because yeah, she's kind of hard of hearing. Yelling because that's just how you have to talk. And, you know, your initial response is to be utterly frustrated and just like, exasperated, I guess might be the word, but at the same time, like Joe said, you know, you, you have to think me personally in her situation would probably just be a puddle on the couch. Like leave me alone forever. Why are you even trying to feed me? You know, and she has gotten up every morning. She makes it a point to get herself dressed. She, you know, even if she has to and I mean, literally walk herself verbally, walk herself through something, you know, I'm going to go get dressed now. I'm going to go brush my teeth. You know, she's, she's walking, she's, she's like her best hype man right now because she 
is continuing to just do her day-to-day things and trying to hold on to that routine so hard just to just to get through the day because and and again on top of that still being so sweet and letting us i say quote unquote letting us do whatever we want to do around the house but i'll be damned if we're gonna change anything on her (laughs) and and like digna kind of said about you know previously it's like we're we're at this point you know she can't live in that house by herself and um you know we kind of talked about no one obviously no one knows what's going on because that we really messed that one up but you know, my my grandfather was he was driving. He did all their he did all the cooking. Um, he he did all the uh, the shopping. You know, all those things, and uh, he just seemed more. I'm not saying he was amazingly robust, but he just seemed more, he was more ro- self sufficient. Yeah, he was just like, wow, he's he's going and doing. Look at him, 89 years old, going about and doing this stuff. Like, good job, bud. You know that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, so we just wrongly obviously at this point assume and and also he had um longevity on his side of the family you know he had a he had a grandfather that lived close to 100 his mom lived to be 93 his older sister lived to be 94 you know so it's like wow he you know he's he's got longevity on his side you know my grandmother on the other hand her brother died in his 40s and sister died in the sixth in her 60s her mom lived to be in her 80s, but, you know, so it's like, wow, there, you know, there's not as much longevity in the family. So if you were to bet on... Yeah, if I were a betting man, um, I would say grandma was going to go first. And I think Papa kind of thought that, too. And he was like, he was like, you know, I don't need this this house anymore, you know, as far as, like, you know, because there's a lawn to mow and upkeep. Not that he mows a lawn, but, you know, just, right, just right. things <laughs> yeah. to do. Yeah, exactly. But there's just, yeah, all sorts of stuff. And, uh, you know, we live in a townhouse. He's like, you know, if grandma goes before me, we could, we could swap houses. Like you, you know, I'll stay in your townhouse, which is, you know, two bed, two bath, 793 square feet, like very easy to take care of. No, no big steps, no anything versus their house, which is, you know, three bed, two bath. It's got a garage. It's got a very large lot. And then they used to have a back porch a long time ago. But then they turn that porch into a what they call the den. But there's a step down. I don't know about close to six inch step down. That's a big step. And that step down every time Grandma goes in and out of it, my heart skips a beat. Like, uh oh, is she gonna fall? Like that kind of stuff. So it's like it's enough of a big deal that I'm like, wow, this house is not necessarily made for them. So it like, is, we'll we'll call it the opposite of or not the opposite of baby proof, but. Age-wise, the opposite of baby-proof. It is not. It's not elderly-proofed, right? And you know, and they've done things to it to kind of help out. But but you know, the main thing I was like, wow, yeah, that'd be cool if he got in this house with a one-story, no step downs, no step ups, like very. Not that'd a be lot good. Of square footage to cover. But Grandma, on the other hand, she since she doesn't take care of herself, it was like, well, Papa. Papa even said he was like, if I die first, almost like in the unlikely event of me dying first. Mm. He was like, she's got insurance to go into a like a nursing home, and I was like, I. As soon as it happened, I was like, I can't do that, and that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, if I put her in a home, I'd be like murdering her practically. She would go there, she'd be depressed, she wouldn't have control over this and that, and it would just be. And I think that it would just that right there would just quickly put her to the the great beyond. That'd be it for her. 
So I can't do that um, in clear conscience. So now we're facing the inevitable that we're going to have to move in with grandma. Right now it's like, all right, I'm going to spend the night or I'll spend a couple nights. Digna will spend a night. And, you know, my, kind co- of in limbo. my cousin Becky spends night, which is not a way to run a family. So we need a more permanent situation. So the permanent situation at this point appears to be moving in with grandma. But at the same time, trying to change as little as we can get away with or as much as we can get away with without as much as we can get away with without without changing grandma's yeah so so like that's the thing so like the front bedroom that used to be my room when i moved into their house she really doesn't do much of anything in that room so we can kind of go in there and you know move things around and kind of make it more hospitable for desmond which let's be honest desmond's not going to sleep there so yeah. we can probably just put a couple desks in there and so so he's gonna sleep in our bed. You know he's going to. You know he's not gonna sleep well, all the way across the house. Well, you know what? I, I will say my grand big room. My grandparents we could put a crib in there for him. <laughs> well, no, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I know. So when I was a kid, when I was little, I would sleep at my when I slept at my grand's. Uh, I guess I was much like Desmond. I'd end up sideways and kicking this one and punching that one while I'm asleep, and so they didn't sleep by the crap when I, when I spent the night. And uh, so they actually bought a cot, like one of the green cots, mm. like they have in like mm. elementary school kind yeah. of thing. And they they had a cot, and they put that cot next to the bed, and I slept on the cot. Well, that's where Desmond might end up because I've already <sighs> thought about this multiple times, and I've thought about the logistics of oh, we've got to bring his bed, and we've got to. This is how I'll put it in this room, or even if we get him a new bed, this is how I'll put it in the room. And then my mom brain got to thinking. What's the point even? Because he's not going to sleep all the way across the <laughs> hey, house. You, he's, your room's perfect. Thanks for ignoring it and sleeping in my bed. He's, I mean, essentially he'll be a baby again, and I don't blame him. I mean, he's lived in less than 800 square feet for a majority of his life. And even in those less than 800 square feet, he still begs to sleep in our bed. So Or a day. Or a day. If, if we let him sleep in our bed every day, he would, which we don't. Um, but he's not going to sleep in the complete opposite corner of the house in a room by himself, which is a a house that he's not familiar with. And it's just not going to happen. And I, I can't even slightly blame him. And I would honestly prefer to have him on a cot next to me anyway, which is, which is funny because the way he's going to feel inevitably kind of a little bit, maybe frightened or, you know, weird, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know better about that house. It was always the exact opposite for me. Like to me, it was like, I'm at the grandparents house. This is like yeah. the spot. Like I feel like this spot is like the best place I could possibly be, you know? And, uh, you know, and like I said, I, I would sleep in their room and all that stuff. But as I got older then I would sleep in like the front room that ended up becoming my room when I moved in permanently. I know he'll he'll eventually feel that sure, way I'm sure yeah. in the house and I think it's honestly just the the feeling of like in this house it's tiny and you kind of feel like you're cocooned in this house you know like when when the doors close and it's bedtime it's a small house there's not a lot of breathing room <laughs> good bad or otherwise and it's just kind of like you're you're being left to float about this huge space in their house even though it's not a huge house 
but it's twice the size of this house. So yeah. it feels mahusive. It definitely And it kind of just feels like there's, it doesn't feel like there's no safe place. It just feels like, yeah, like I said, you're kind of like floating it's just, about. It's just there's too open. much place. Yeah, for yeah. You. You're like, you, you need to be snuggled back in your, in your blankie. <laughs> Yeah, so. but yeah, it's kind of a. I obviously I'm not the first person ever to experience loss. I mean, I did experience loss about six months ago, so that's kind of still kind of fresh, you know. We're still kind of dealing with all of that. Now my grandfather's passed. You know, my grandfather was somebody who who liked to collect things. Like if he had one good thing, well, then he might as well have two of them. He what should, a, and he should probably buy a whole pack just in case someone he loves exactly, wants one. Exactly, and that's just the way he was. You know, nothing against him, but like he had, he enjoyed those uh, the moisture wicking kind of uh, synthetic material shirts, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he used to go to the gym a lot. So they kind of you know they're really good for going to the gym and uh, in Florida, yeah, in and Florida exactly, yeah, all of that stuff. So he had a lot of those shirts. Some of them, I'm not sure he wore every one of them, but he, uh, for a while, he was a little bit larger, so he had some double XL shirts, and then he had some XL shirts, then he went to large, and then eventually, you know, towards the end of his life, he was a medium. So he had a lot of shirts, and we, and he hung them all, which was weird, <laughs> which was weird enough, because they're not, like, fancy. They're, they're not j- going to wrinkle either. Yeah, exactly. Like they're <laughs> they're literally the one shirt that you could just like wad in a wad in a pile, kind of pop it once and then just put it on, you know. And um but yeah, so he had them and I mean, so the the sheer number of hangers alone, not even talking they're about very the shares. hangers too. Yeah, all they're these thick plastic thick hangers. hangers. I don't know all about them, but he, there were a lot of <laughs> thick plastic hangers and he even had a lot of those like the ones that come from like jc penny or whatever yeah. yeah like those he had a lot of those that would say the size but so i i mean i took all these hangers up to goodwill and um as far as his those shirts i i think i have like 30 of them now like you have because, 30 and I, I we probably gave away about 50 yeah well and so they have, and as far as the extra large so that's the size that right. i have Maybe not 50. So I, so I kept like 30 of them, and I gave away at least a dozen of them, the extra large. Oh, oh, yeah. And then the mediums, well, I mean, the mediums and large means nothing to me, so I just, all of those. But it was a full, and I, I, I say a full garbage bag, because, you know, if you just like, I could stuff like 20 shirts in a garbage bag, and it might fill it if you just like stuff but if you have them nice and folded and all this kind of stuff, like you, you know, you can fit a lot of shirts. And I had a full to like couldn't even close the bag of just medium and large moisture wicking shirts. I mean, he had he had a lot of them. I mean, he's a collector of things he liked, of things he wanted. He had multiples. He there was never just a, a, of a handful. He may have forgotten where he put, so he might have gotten another there, dozen of them. Because you never know when you might need a dozen more shirts. <laughs> so he was that way with the shirts and, and the socks. I mean, he had more socks in his in his various areas because they weren't even in just one drawer. <laughs> many drawers. He had more socks there than I think I've probably had in my entire life from childhood to now. For sure. And, you know, they all seemed practically brand new, too. You know, they didn't, they weren't like old and worn out 
you know, so I just... Which is funny, because more than once... The holy socks? They had socks with holes in them, specifically because they were... They were a... I forgot the name of the brand, but it was like a gold toe... Gold toe, yeah. Something, some brand sock that he absolutely... He loved it. He found it one time, absolutely loved them, probably had like 20 pairs of those... But then couldn't find them again, or they didn't make them anymore, or something. So he so then he bought a dozen of this one, a dozen of that one. More socks in search of the perfect sock with the gold toe, or the gold the standard, golden standard exactly. So his gold toe socks always had holes in them. Yeah, because he would wear those until the very end. But yeah, but you know, just like Papa's like peculiarities that that's just kind of what made him who he is. He'd I got a brand new one of these. I've never used it, and it's been there for. 40 years like a brand new this 40 years old had a lot of plastic on it or whatever and it's just like the plastic deteriorated so it's just never used but it's trash (laughs) yeah like that's sometimes what happens but you know and i i'm telling you like as far as people on this entire planet like he's he's like the tippy top you know my my grandparents are just they they've both been there for me you know when times weren't great and uh that's what makes this one exceptionally hard for me and um you know eventually we all are able to move on but it's it's still very fresh and um feels like maybe i'll never be able to move on but it, i know it's not true it's just one of those things that you have to heal you have to cry i'll definitely do a lot of that I mean, like, literally anything I do, it's like, the the day after it happened, I was looking in the refrigerator at the house, and there was spaghetti that he had made. And I was like, this is the last spaghetti he ever made. Like, you, your your brain, like, will mess with you during times of grief. You're like, this is the last one of these he ever, whatever. Like, but these were his, so it's somehow better. He had, uh, you know, Digna mentioned something about shoes at one point. Uh, I took over a dozen pairs of very similar shoes to Goodwill. And they were kind of old man shoes. You know, no offense against old men, but, you know, even if they were my size, I might not be inclined to wear them. But they were not my size, and I didn't really find anybody the right size. So I ended up taking them there. But I, like, literally when I left Goodwill, after dropping these these things off, I was I felt guilty because they were his things but i know logically it doesn't make sense to feel guilt you know to put some sort of attachment attachment to a pair of shoes that, and, and some of those shoes he never even wore they're still in the box you know it's like i'm putting this attachment to this object that is not it's not sentimental in any way you know it's not like it was his wedding band or, or something like you or know something you always you know saw him wearing all the time yeah it was it was something i saw that he owned apparently because but, but never saw him. but yeah so it's no one can tell you really the best way to grieve i mean they talk about the stages of grief but i, I mean denial is a big one especially when you're in in their house you're like oh yeah he's just going to walk out of the bathroom any minute now cuz He's just not in this room because he got up and went to the bathroom, obviously. You know? <laughs> it's the only other option. Exactly. Like, <laughs> he's either in, in his chair or on the commode. I mean, that's just... So the other chair? Oh, or he's on his. He's on the chair or, the, or he's on the throne. He's on a chair. He goes from chair to throne, <laughs> and that's pretty much the lifestyle. But I do appreciate 
on social media. You know, I, I did make the announcement because we didn't do an episode the previous week. And I do appreciate the outpouring of, you know, uh, well wishes. And I've gotten cards from friends and family. And just, I, 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 we definitely appreciate it, you know, in a time like this. It's nice to know that people care. And I don't even mean just because my grandfather has passed away. Just times like these, you know, the way the world is, the way everything's going. It's nice to know that people care. It's nice and, to actually connect with people. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if my grandfather's passing is going to help, you know, any other tough situations in other people's life, give them some perspective. I mean, if, if that helps with that, well, then it makes it a little bit less sad that he's he's gone. At least something good can come of this. And once again, it wasn't a tragic death. He wasn't, you know, on a on a deathbed for months with some sort of tubes coming out of, you know, he, was, he lived his life. He had a very full life. Um, he was probably one of my best buddies. You know, he lived his life with his with his best friend for almost seventy years, and that's something. You know, if if we can all make it to that, or half of that, or half of half of that, then you know we 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 can only hope to to live and have that kind of um, love in his life, love in their our lives. <laughs> Because, you know, they, they had their, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, and they got to raise all of them in that home and, and together and, you know, as best they could with, the, with as much love as they could. And, you know, good, bad, or otherwise, you know, all of our faults and all of our, all of our positive aspects, they, they definitely did their best and loved hard and loved bigly. <laughs> And, and they got to, they got a lot of opportunities to show that to their family. And for the ones who have been fortunate enough to be a part of their lives and, and to get their love, you know, to, to get to experience their level of love, you know, we're the fortunate ones. Can't argue with that. I can't do much of anything right now. (laughs) So, well, thanks guys for, uh, listening i appreciate all of your your support and um i guess don't be gross and wash your hands and or or don't just live your life or go hug your family i would say yeah love harder than you've ever loved before because you You never never know you never know right bye Bye, guys bye